Well, it's a privilege to be able to be with you guys today as we kick into week four of our summer series called Juicy Fruit. Can you say that with me? Juicy Fruit. And uh, Pastor John just tore it up and spun it around last week as he preached about peace, how we can have unreasonable peace in the midst of everything that's going on in our lives, all the chaos, all the struggles, everything else. So he just, uh, he just laid it out, did an awesome job. Now today we're going to be talking about patience. Patience. So we're in this fourth week, and um, we got to experience a lot of patience this past week. Me and Pastor Mike and Matt Swain led a team to Houston. And it was awesome because we were, we were able to see... Um, to see some of the, the devastation was not the awesome part, but what was awesome is to see how God was able to just use us ordinary people to touch the lives of these. Because these people have been patiently waiting for almost a year now. We got to spend time with a homeowner who has been living in one of the government-provided trailers for the last 11 months. And just to be able to go down there and just give a little bit of our time and... Um, like, my joke is that Texas is really hot and the bugs are big. It, I mean, they're massive. It's crazy. We saw, like, a cockroach that was probably about that big. It was, it was insane. That was like a full meal. Um, it's, yeah, bad picture. But, but it was amazing what we did, just how we got to speak with the homeowner. She just said, um, you, gave, you gave me back my house. And... We did so. We felt like we did so little. We we really only got about twenty four hours with her over the course of three days. But, but man, it was it was awesome. And so it was cool to see that she knew that there was a promise that was coming. But they had been waiting. They knew that one day they're going to be in their house. But there's always this in between, right? And so we 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 talk about patience. And you know, last night we roll back into uh, the church parking lot about nine o'clock. And so before I left, I was, I was talking with Claire, and I was like, hey, it'd be awesome if you team preach with me. And then and she's like, what are you talking about? I said, patience. And she's like, well, do you really think that I should preach on something that I don't know anything about? And uh, she told me to say that, <laughs> forewarning, um, because she didn't like the joke that I had in place there. So, so she was like, oh, all right, cool. But isn't that true? We could all benefit from having a little bit more patience in our life. All of us could. I, I, I don't think that a single one of us is um, eliminated from that statement. So statistically, did you know that 96% of people knowingly consume food or beverages that they know will be too hot? Yes, that there's going to actually 50% of people who hang up the phone after being on hold for one minute. You know who you are. You know who you are. And that's 71% of people frequently speed while driving. So, I mean, we got anybody speeding the church this morning? I see that hand. All right. And 30 plus percent of us will only wait about one second before passing a slower pedestrian on the walkway or in the mall. So if you ever see me and there's something going on downtown, and you just see a tall guy just being pulled through. There's a beautiful young lady pulling me through, weaving me in and out of traffic, but there's still hope. You know, millennials, we'll, we'll teach them something, right? No. Patience. We can all have a little bit more patience. Will you pray with me this morning?
Father God, we thank you, Lord, as we come to your word. Lord, I just ask that you'd meet us in this place. We know that you're here, um, God, and we just, we just love your presence. We, we're so thankful to get to spend this time with you, Jesus. I ask that you would give me your words and not enticing words of man, um, God, as we go into your, uh, in, into your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and we've been hanging out in Galatians. Uh, so we're in the fourth week of a nine-week series. We're going to be doing this through the summer. And I wanted to do something that helps me as I, as I study. Can I do that? And that is, a lot of times we, we read a passage, and we don't always understand what's going on around it. You know, we read about the fruit of the Spirit, but what's going on around the context of that? So the context always helps me um, understand what God is actually saying. He, he kind of works it out for me in that way. So I want to read. So if you have your Bibles, go to Galatians 5, 19 through 23. And I want to read all this in context here. So uh, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that's a strong warning, right? That those who partake in these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit, singular fruit, of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Is that not a good promise? That God gives us some guide, you know, some some guardrails, and says, "Hey, this this is this is your lane." But what I love is when we we see this. What Paul is doing is we see this division between the acts of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. That there's, there's a division here. So when we look at it, it says that the acts of the flesh are obvious. We can kind of see them. They're all around us. We, you know, we have loved ones. We have these other things. Maybe even sometimes, you know, um, to our shame, we would, we would be in some of that. But then he draws a division to say, but this is the fruit of the Spirit. And so that word fruit is actually singular. A lot of times we say fruits of the Spirit. But do I have any coffee drinkers? Amen. Amen. So... When you go to Starbucks or you go to um, your favorite coffee shop, you know, welcome to Starbucks. What can I get for you today? Um, you, they, ha- they might have a special blend. Like say, oh, hey, this is our Guatemala blend. It is nutty, fruity, sweet, tart, spicy, and sour. And all these other things, right? It's, it's crazy. But, but that's actually what really happens if you go in there. And it's the same principle here. It, there's a singular fruit of the spirit, and these things are the adjectives that describe the fruit. You know, you bite an apple, it can be sweet, but also sour. So there's the fruit. So these are the things that the flesh is doing, but this, the fruit, this is what the spirit is birthing in those who have the spirit. So we can kind of see the distinction there, and it shows the distinction between those who inherit the kingdom and those who, um, who will not, that, you know, that there's no law against the fruits of the Spirit, so let's dive into those. And, but that then brings us to this word for the today, which is patience. Patience. So when we look back at the Greek, and 
we take it back to the original context, this word could really be translated in three different English words. Uh, and when you looked at your translation, you might have seen one of these three. You either saw patience, you saw long-suffering, or you saw uh, forbearance. But in essence, it's almost like we don't have an English word that really, ex- one word that explains it really well. So when you take it back, it actually means patiently waiting. Patiently waiting. And it carries this idea that, um, that patient gives you, patience gives you the ability to not quickly retaliate a wrong. It's almost a, it's a, it's a long passion. It's, it's, a, it's a passion that it, it defers off anger. And, and also it helps us to endure hardships. So it helps us to not, um, to let some of those offenses go, but then it also helps us to stay uh, in the hardships. But every time, essentially, when there is, um, when there is a promise, there's also going to be patience. You know, there's things to come, but there's going to be patience. And so what that leaves us with is this gap. You know, the initiation of the promise is here, but the fulfillment of the promise is over here. What do we do with the in-between? Patience. And what I want to talk to you today about is living life in the waiting Today's message is uh, patience is your power in the waiting. Patience is your power in the waiting and the in-between. So when I reflect on much of my life, I, I've noticed that a lot of life actually happens in the waiting, doesn't it? Like, you know, it's, it's funny because we'll, we'll look and, you know, like it's silly things. Like, oh my gosh, I primed that Amazon order and it's three days. Or um, like, or like, that bro just took my bench at the gym. Like, what does he think he's doing? But then, like, Pastor Ryan was saying that there's other things that, like, we're waiting for healing. We're, we've been called to something. We see a vision from God for our life. Um, but there's in-between. There's in-between between the, the initial promise and the, the fulfillment. But if you're waiting today that you're in good company, did you know that? And as I was preparing for this message, all I could really think about just kept coming back into my mind was the Israelites as they were in captivity in Babylon. God promised them that it would be 70 years that they would be in captivity. But what's, there's this verse, it's, it's Jeremiah 29.5, and he tells them to do two, or tells, excuse me, do four things while they're in the waiting. And that is build houses, raise families, plant gardens, and eat of its produce. What that tells me is God promised the 70 years, but God also cared about what they did during those 70 years. That God cares about the in-between. From A to B, God cares. So even though we are waiting on a promise, we are called to live well in the waiting, amen? So um, what this tells me is that patience is not passive, it's not passive. We, it's not something just just happens to us. It is not a passive thing. But did you know that every promise is going to be accompanied by patience? So essentially, let's see who I got. Who I got around me right now? Okay, um, let's see. All right, Beth, I'm going to call you out. 
How you doing? Good. I'm doing great. So I'm promising to give you a dollar. <laughs> Don't spend it in one place. <laughs> um, but I haven't given you the dollar yet. I've promised you the dollar, but I haven't given it to you yet. So she's patiently waiting. <laughs> but there's that time and the exchange of the waiting. You can have that dollar. Just don't spend it in one place. That's what I said. You've been blessed. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a lot of times we, we want the promises of God, don't we? That's a godly thing. We want the promises of God. Um, you know, been able to pray with people. They're like, you know, Pastor Ben, bless me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Uh, but did you know that Jesus also promised struggles? In John, he said, uh, he said, in this world, you will have trials and tribulation, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. So we, as, as a church, we're either all in or we're all out. You know, just like John was talking a few weeks ago about the bucket, you can't be half in the bucket and, and half out. You, if, if you want the promises of God, you got to take all of them, baby. You need all of them. So God promised us that there would be trials and tribulations, and that's where patience comes in, right? So patience is never, a promise is never separated from patience. So how are you doing in the in-between right now? Because did you know that in that in-between time that God is stretching you? Did you know that God is using patience to increase your capacity? Well, Ben, to increase my capacity for what? To obey him when it gets tough. Isn't that not what we want as a Christian? That I would not serve God just well on my good days, but on my bad days when, um, when I've been cussed out or, or, you know, old people are stuck in the, the, the sidewalk, whatever it is, that I would still serve God well. I think that's the aim. I think that's the aim. But everyone's still working on this. Us, your pastors, we're working on this. I'm sure you're working on this today. But this is, it's a countercultural thing, right? I mean, this is a true story, and it, it's, it's maybe to my shame. But we, there's two things that stress me out, guys. The DMV and an airport. Come on. Because, so we got up at an ungodly hour on Sunday morning to get ready to go down to Houston. Um, we, most of us were over here somewhere around 4.45, 5 o'clock. And, I mean, it was, it was a long day. We didn't get to the airport till probably about 8-something. And, you know, we're going through the airport. We're trying to get all the luggage in, get it out. Come on. Like, where's your passport? I ain't leaving no one behind. Come on. Um, but for real, this is what happened. So, like, for me, if you know me at all, I'm a coffee lover. My young adults can testify. Yeah. I love coffee. And some mornings I need coffee more than others. And it's like a little bit of coffee in Jesus is what I need. But we get to the airport and I think I let out like a little bit of an audible gasp. I was like, we were going down the big escalator. If you've ever been to Dulles, 
and you start seeing the security line, I'm like, We got 45 minutes to get to the gate. What am I going to do? And so I'm like, come on, let's go. And we're trying to rush through, you know, selfishly so I could get some Starbucks. And we're, we're making our way through, and it's taking forever. I'm like, come on. Like, I already have, like, my shoes off, my watches off. Like, I mean, everything. I'm like, I don't have a basket yet, but I'm ready. Just put me through the x-ray machine. And then we're running through the terminal, and we find our gate, and I'm like, oh, we have eight minutes till it leaves. I'm going to Starbucks. But I made it back. <laughs> it works out. But we all need a little bit more patience. But God is using it to stretch you further. Did you know that um, stress isn't actually a bad thing? Did you know that stress brings growth? So if you're trying to, you know, derail your stress, you might actually be derailing the growth that God is trying to bring about in you. You know, God's putting a little bit more. He's stretching you a little bit further. But it's be, so he can increase your capacity. So he can increase your capacity for obedience when the going gets tough. Now, for us, you know, that, it all happens because God is trying to produce something within us. God has a promise. He has something that he wants to do that he's put us specifically here for. And if we don't engage into patience, we might not ever see it come to fruition. And I love this. James 5-7, the brother of Jesus, is writing a letter to the church. And this is amazing. I um, as I send down, I, there's so many things that God just downloaded, just blew my mind away. But James 5, 7 says, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. Did you know that word there, patiently waiting, is actually the same word that was used back in Galatians 5? patiently waiting. So what is he saying? He's saying, look to the field and look at what the farmer does. I mean, a farmer does a lot of things, but what's the main thing that a farmer does? He's a sower of seeds. You didn't know it, but you're in the splash zone right now. He sows seeds, right? And this is what's difficult, is that Sowing takes faith. A lot of times we ask God for a harvest, but did you know he's gonna give us seed? We ask God for a harvest and he puts seed in our hands. And it's, it's just like he says, be patient then, brothers and sisters. Sowing seed, it takes time. It's work. You got to work your work. But he says, look to the farmer. Look how he does it. And how does the farmer do it? He patiently waits. He comes down and he's waiting on the promise of God. He can't do anything about the soil. He can't do anything about the rain because there's only God can do that. 
But what he can do is he can work his work. You know, he can, he can take time and, and sow the seed out till the ground, but then he has to patiently wait. Now, church, don't get, I want you to not get something confused. Negligence is not patience. Negligence is not patience. So if there's those things in your life as you're waiting on the promise of God, would you not pull those weeds that it wouldn't choke out the promise? You know, what about, um, what about your friend's field? How are they doing? As a farmer, are you working your work? So, you know, you, you come to this time, the, the sowing time is heavy. You know, something has to get buried and disappear before life can come up, before the promise can come to fruition, really. And the soil's heavy. And there's a time where it seems like the seed might die, but really it's just getting its roots. The seed has to go down so that way God can strengthen it because it actually has to grow down and get some roots before it can grow up. And maybe you missed it, but the farmer said that for him, it was, you know, he was patiently waiting for the valuable crop the valuable crop, the promise of God. Now, the seed's in the ground and the, the promise has been given, but, but I don't see the harvest. You know, the promise is given, but I haven't seen it come to fulfillment. There's this time when it has to be buried, but we serve a God who brings the rain. Amen. Amen. Because you see, that you can't do anything about the seed at that point. You have to patiently wait. Waiting. An active thing. And it, it's just it just blows me away at how patient our God is. You know, I, I just I think I think back to my own life and how I was a rebellious teenager, how patient God was with me. Because in those moments, you know, I was, it seemed hopeless, you know? I think I've told you before, I was like, I, I didn't know that I would ever make it out of my 20s the way I was living. I, you know, there was, there was so many things that were going on that there was no hope. There was no promise of God. But did you not know, it says in Second Peter 3.15, that the patience of God leads to salvation. The patience of God leads to salvation. And the Father's heart is that all men would come to know him. Men and women would come to know the love of Jesus, that they'd have a relationship with Jesus. And one of the things that it says in the word, we, don't, we may not say this a whole lot, but is Jesus it says his patience and his forbearance. He's waiting to come back, but he's waiting for some sons and daughters to come home first. He wants sons and daughters to come back into the house. And, you know, just like we, we preached this last week, or not, excuse me, um, Ryan was saying, you know, about Mark. Man, that dude could love. 
and, and that patience in, the, in between, you know. Um, one thing we might not say a whole lot from the stage as a pastor is that um, sometimes there's a lot of pain. There's great pain in the Great Commission. We, we neglect to say that sometimes. Um, and, I mean, we went through two services. I knew it was coming, but I just still, I couldn't help but break down because, you know, I just remember, I'm going to get emotional now. I was standing right here, and it was about two weeks ago, and Mark said, hey, brother, I love you, and he hugged me. We don't talk about, you don't get to see that side of it a lot. How much, you know, we, we love and how, and we're going through it with you. In the in-between, the, the patience, as we're waiting on the promise of God. But can I tell you that we're waiting on an even better promise today? And it says it right here, James 5, 8. And it says, you too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Do you believe that, church? that Jesus is coming back. Yes, come on. He's not lying, it's in his word. He's coming back and he's coming back soon. So what are we doing in, the, in between of that promise? That's what's gonna make all the difference. At, at the end of life, you know, all these fruits, they go together, but really from our part, it's, it's so that at the end of this thing, we can be face to face with Jesus. And he said, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant. And, you know, I love you guys, Perryman's, and Jesus is saying that to Mark. He did so well. He finished so well. Yes. And we miss him. And, man, he ministered to me a lot. So, but I, I don't think that I can sit here and talk about all this without, um, without giving you an opportunity. If you came here, it's not by accident. If you don't know Jesus today, God had a plan for you to be here. Our God is not a God of accidents. And so I want to give you an opportunity to come to know him. You know, he's, he died for you. He, he loves you. And he's, he's been patient. Maybe you've lived hellbound and reckless. And uh, hey, I was there. We can talk about it later. You know? But he's brought you here for just a time as this, the Bible says, that appointed time. So with everyone's heads bowed, eyes closed, I just want to give people an opportunity. You know, Jesus is the son of God. And he says that if we will, um, if we will believe in our hearts and we'll confess with our mouths that he is Lord, that we will be saved. Now, if... Sometimes the feeling of God, it's, you know, sometimes it feels like sometimes, like you just want, you want to get up, but you're super scared and you're nervous. I'm not going to make you get up and come down and embarrass you. I'm not going to do any of that uh, because it's between you and Jesus. Now, if God is just tugging on your heart and it's just like this heaviness, would you just raise your hand and you want to accept Jesus today? Thank you.
God, I just thank you, Jesus. I thank you for these souls that want to come into a relationship with you, Father God. Lord, I just, I just thank you that right now your word says that heaven is celebrating. Jesus, we, we praise you in this place. We praise you in this place. Church, can, can we just pray a, a prayer together? For those, you know, who, who are accepting Jesus, can we just pray it together so, you know, they're in the family of God now. Can we just pray this prayer together so um, help each other out? Say, Jesus, you are the son of God. You died for my sins and raised to eternal life that I might live with you forever. I thank you for what it cost you and I won't take it for granted. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we, can we just give God a, a hand clap of praise for those who are coming into the kingdom today? We just praise you, Lord Jesus. Lives are changed. When you come to and experience the presence of God, you're not going to leave the same.